Uh, so today on the New How podcast, we have Tony Charlton and Joel Edwards. Tony and Joel, combination of developers, investors, entrepreneurs. What else do you guys do? What, what did I miss? I think you named it all. Yeah. Well, especially for me. Um, construction. You know, I have a uh, uh, commercial uh, door and window business that I also do. Um, but real estate development and construction is mostly Keep, my wheelhouse. Keeping all the elements outside. Yep. That's the idea. And then, Tony, what about you? What else? Uh, what do you do? What would you, if, if I just said, hey, Tony, what do you do every day? What would you say to people? I don't know. I wake up in the morning and whatever's <laughs> on my plate. So I own a, I own a, uh, Partners in a bunch of different businesses. One is a roofing company. Um, partners with Joel in a construction company. I am uh, partners in a home care company. Um, so I have my hands in, you know, a lot of different. Things. And home care, did you do that in the Philadelphia region, or where is that based? It's at? Uh, actually it's Lake Jackson, Texas. So Texas and Pittsburgh. So in Pennsylvania as well. So you guys truly are building businesses in real estate. Maybe yeah. nothing, not too virtual, but you're doing it. In multi-states and, and... We talk a lot of, about a lot of different things almost every single day, you know, whether when, when we're connecting and talking. But, you know, I always say, it was funny, I kind of giggled when you said, what does Tony do every day? But, like, Tony's great at making relationships and finding the right people to kind of mend together to make great partnerships and great groups to, you know, really succeed. So that's, you know, that's a great thing that he does, you know, that I can say that he can attribute to like every single day. What, uh, what made you guys for one, want to just become entrepreneurs or business owners in, in general? Like, what was that? Like, was there like a time in life where you realized like, I'm going to own my own business or like, I don't want to work for somebody else. I want to work with either a partner or do something and, and build something. Together. Like, what was that moment for you guys? Do you remember that? I think like for me, I worked in a corporate world for a long time. When I was a young kid, I worked at a big law firm in Philadelphia. And then I went to work for a little cable company called Comcast in Philadelphia as well. And uh, a little company, little company. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> just seeing like very successful people and thought to myself, like, maybe I could do that one day and just trying. And uh, I think I got my start was in real estate, um, bought a house, uh, flipped my first house and um it started from there. So it was like a little investment that was a little project that turned into a big reward for me at the time because yep. uh, I had a day job and that was the first property I flipped. Yep. So, Joel, what about you? What was the uh, what was that first time where you got that like sense of like entrepreneurship? Yeah, it's funny. I just went into my kids' school probably right before they, you know, the, the, the school year was ended. And my son's in a entrepreneurial class where they take a small group of kids and they actually like they see success in them and mm -hmm. they're, they're kind of like pressing forward faster than some of the other kids. Get them like an internship at Apple or Google right, yeah, right yeah. away. <laughs> so, so I went in and I spoke to them and I, and I tested like my entrepreneurial spirit back to like when I was young in the sporting world. So mm -hmm. like I wrestled since I was five years old and then wrestled all the way through college, did some international stuff. And I always attested my perseverance, my push, everything that I attribute to business on a daily, you know, a daily basis stems from my drive coming from athletics. And then, you know, again, finding the right partners, finding the right, you know, the, the right deals, the right, you know, the right, you know, position, stuff like that. That's kind of what really pushed me to, and obviously money's a big thing in it too. So, so I want to link you two together now. So you, you each, some have, you, you have your some things you mentioned at your partners, like, how did you two come to be? What, like, why, like, how is it that you two are sitting here together today? So Tony and I met in, he lived in Fishtown. I live in Fishtown. We were kind of swimming around the same circles. He was doing some, he was doing real estate in the area. I was doing construction and real estate. 
Tony walked by, and I'll let him finish the story how we actually met. But it's he smiled. It's all but I was I was sitting on the front stoop. He's walking by. God, I always joke around. Say I always would catch him checking out my ass, and I turn around (laughs) one day and I actually introduce myself, and uh, and uh, we you know we talk for a little while about you know the kids and the neighborhood and realized after talking and you know talking further we had a lot in common. Mm -hmm. Um, Both figured out pretty quickly. That we're both good guys and uh, decide to do something together one day. And then mm-hmm. an opportunity opened up. Uh, I think the first one was down the shore, down mm-hmm. in, uh, in the Wildwood area. An opportunity opened up and uh, called Joel and said, Joel, got a piece of land. We talked about doing something. What do you think? So essentially Joel's building it or you're going to build it and you're developing it. So like just the hand, like taking diff- your different pieces, the development, the construction, the windows, doors, right? Like yeah. kind of just merging it or blending merging it, all it all together. together. Again, like I spoke about earlier, it's kind of like finding the right piece to the puzzle. And, and Tony's great at that. Like, you know, I tell people that all the time. I tell my wife and uh, everybody that I meet, you know, I, I talk about him and say he find you know, he finds the right fit, you know, the right people to make sure that the, that, project deal whatever it is you know finding you know introducing you know finding you guys as a as an architect things like that the right fit because you know we talk about a lot of different things it's like you know like it doesn't make sense to go into any type of project or or business or whatever whatever deal it is to to like hate to go to work and and not like the person or or like totally regret what you're getting into so again like Everything that we when we when we met years ago in Fishtown until we are today, it's it's just been you know it's been a great ride, great experience. So it's only getting better. So agreed. One um one question I had here that you know especially given you know when this recording is going on right and you guys are in real estate and development, I'd love for you to talk about it because it's it's everyone's struggling with it. Whether you know you're just getting into real estate or you've been in real estate a long time, how are the interest rates affecting you guys, and what are you doing to kind of navigate? Or are they affecting you guys? And maybe you can talk a little bit about like what your what your opinion is on the current you know economic market r- around interest rates for developers and people in the real estate profession. There isn't really too much you can do about it, right? So like if you're into a project, I don't think it's going to last forever. I mean, the, the rates are clearly higher than they were a year ago. But then what do you do? Stop and fold? You you work through it. It's like everything else. And then three years from now, you'll look back and say. Man, the rates were really high back then, but we got through it. So I don't think like unless you're pulling out a lot of cash, and that sometimes doesn't make a lot of sense for people. I think he's got to work through it. I mean, it's not going to change. I don't know how you can make a change, you know. So are you are you seeing or like are you having like to restructure deals? Are you like what like what strategies are, are you using to navigate the interest rates? I, like I, yeah, okay, I think, uh, okay, yeah. I think like how you structure the deal and how you go into the deal is the most important part in times like this. You know, like there's guys, investors, bankers that we talk to, people, you know, people that have been through this, these different cycles and things, they say, listen, interest rates go up and down, you know, money goes up and down, inflation, you name it. But they said it's just business as usual, how you structure the deal, you know, the the acquisition, making sure that that's right. Buying it right, like making sure that correct. That's what I was not, not overpaying. That was yep. the biggest key, yeah. like with everything that we're involved in now, we purchased everything right. Mm-hmm. Like for the deals that we have with you yeah. guys right now, like the however many projects we have. The one thing that we've seen is, you know, a lot of these projects went on hold. Like COVID hit, interest rates spiked, yep. stop, stuff just stopped, like came to a screeching halt. Like, all right, we got zoning approved, stop. Yep. 12, 16 months now, a lot of these, you know, even the smaller units to some mid-level, you know, 70, 80 unit buildings 
are starting up again. So I think to that point, like there's, so a lot of investors are not builders. Mm -hmm. So we wear both hats. So we am, we're investors and we're building. So we're self-performing to build. Is that your competitive advantage, you think? Yeah, it is. Absolutely. So that's yeah. why we're so, able yeah. to sort of like mosey through this sort of a tough time mm -hmm. and continue to go down the, you know, down the road of you got the windows and door pricing on lock. You know we what that is? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, we, we, we kind of covered all bases. Yeah. We, you know, a lot of like there are, there are like challenges in between, you know, like starting, fin you know, middle, middle project and then, and then finishing project and, and then, you know, like the sales side of it and like all, everything that kind of attributes to the development and the building side of it, you know, it's just, it's just navigating through that and making sure that everything's in, in your, your, you know, dot and I's and crawl and cross and T's just to make sure that everything is kind of thought out before you even get, you know, step into the project. Um, one of the one of the questions I always ask everyone on the show is, are you using any tech to do anything you're doing? Like when it comes to acquiring properties, uh, you know, obviously some people be like, oh, my cell phone's my technology. I do I can run my business on my cell phone. But like, is there anything specific or nuances that you could, you know, reveal some behind the curtains to the listeners? Like what any software, anything you're using to just stay competitive <laughs> at all? Tony, Tony could probably say that I'm the least tech savvy person you could probably ever meet. So. My biggest challenge right now at this moment is putting a three-way call together. So if you were to call me I while I'm on the, the phone. I'm going to hit the arrow button. Joel, it make sure both you, yeah. Yeah. Joel, make sure you hit the merge button. Otherwise, you're going to stand there and like, you're, after two minutes, you're going to say, oh, they hung up on me. But That's joking aside, there are small, you know, like different apps and things like that that we may use, but technology is not my strong what, suit. Well, how about organization? That's a big one. Like, do you use anything to stay organized better that... Uh... I mean, I'm still like a, like a, like I call myself like a brick and mortar guy. It's like, yeah. you know, listen, I, you know, I have files, I have different things that I put, you know, projects, development things, business related things, all in just still like the, the, the books and pages and things, yeah. computer work, stuff like that. Again, Tony's more on the, the, the technology side. So we can, I'd like to give me a lot of credit because <laughs> and he's better than, he's better than I am. And, I mean, and thank uh, you. But that's not saying too much. He has me painted as uh, like Steve jobs over here. <laughs> My, uh, yeah, what's, what next Apple phones coming out? What do we, I'll tell you guys later. No, but, um, I'm not too much more advanced than Joe. I'm old school. I like my book. I like to read stuff. I still like to print papers and read them opposed to, you know, so for me, I, I'm still, I like pen and paper and my books. So, so then how do you, you know, how do you compete? You know, do you feel like you compete against these young kids that are coming up that are using iPads when they're three years old? Like you, th you, you still feel like that old mentality, the, the, well, the uh, like the brick and mortar feel can for me, keep you competitive. I like to hire that person that works with right. Yeah. So like, that's cool. Like I, I get it. Like I like to work with that guy on the team. Like, I don't know how to do all these fancy spreadsheets and stuff like that. I'm not going to pretend to, mm -hmm. um, I'm decent with Excel at best, but like I can equal some, right. Rolling, right. But highlight. like the formulas, I'm still lost. At the it's, formulas. The, it's the team though. It's putting yeah. that team right. together that can give you that competitive advantage in these different areas. What do you, so the one thing I have to add to that is, is like Tony was saying was like, you, you should find the person that can replace you. Mm -hmm. You know, to make your business better and to make it grow, it's just like if if you're still that guy that's out there, still just swinging the hammer, or you know, crunching the the keys or whatever, or or moving the produce or whatever it is, it's you know, you I I, I always attributed it to from a business perspective is to find that person that can replace you. So finding that tech person 
that can teach me how to make a three-way call, then I need to find that guy. So it's Tony. You know, yeah. but but the thing is, is right. like, it keeps you around. I just connect that's right. People. I appreciate that's that. Right. Yeah. Yep. So that's the biggest thing for as like that we both speak highly about is is as business owners, business developers, and you know, like entrepreneurs, you know, type spirit that we have. We 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 want to find and include those types of people that we hire a tech guy. Or we have somebody that does that type of stuff. Personally, do we do that? No, but. Would we, you know, do we, do we find people to do that for us? Sure. Right. What, um, what, during COVID, did you guys feel, get affected at all? Like what's like, what did COVID do to you guys? Like in any way, <laughs> good or bad? I like, think there's a couple things, you know, like obviously the scary part of it is the biggest thing like that everybody feels, you know, it's just like anxiety. What's, what's happening? This, that, the other, like. At some point there was that, you know, from a, from a business perspective and like, you know, like, holy smokes, like, you know, like I rely on being able to have people at certain places. We're not allowed to travel. We're not allowed to be here. They're going to be regulating masks, all that. But it was almost, it was scary, but it was also sort of a breath of fresh air because you're kind of like, like, shoot, we went down the shore and we spent, we spent a few months down there, you know, with fam, with my family, my kids, everything. And there was nobody down there where you're able to kind of just step away and like relax and take it in. Sure. There was absolute chaos going on, but there was like marches, you know, and all these different things going down, um, Gerard, yep. you know, in Fishtown, Tony and I, Tony was probably down the shore, you know, and it's just like, Hey, we gotta get the hell out of here. So it was sort of like a breath of fresh air, but it yeah. was also scary times yeah, because yeah. you gotta make sure you had enough money in the bank to, yeah. to keep kind of things working through but we, we had a time here where it was you know we're all working on architectural drawings right the whole team 20 of us upstairs we get an email it's like you gotta go home yeah. we're like what the hell what do you mean we gotta go we got the our parents calling us to go home to say so we go home then they let us come back then they call us home again like yep. over the course of months like it was just it was rough on our staff you know, just mentally people having to go home work in a room you know not much bigger than this table here right trying to get their, their work done they were just not you know people weren't doing well right like during COVID, a lot of companies actually prospered. So like mm -hmm. my roofing company, because now you got this money from the state to stay at home and mm -hmm. work. So you couldn't travel for the most part. You know, people didn't really know what the government was doing about restrictions. Yep. Spending money like hand so over then fist. They were so. getting like, their roofs fixed. Oh, my roof. I think my roof's leaking. Right, exactly. I'm here all day long. Exactly. <laughs> so they see you, the stain and they're like, oh, oh man, I'm sick of looking at that stain all day long. Right, so like the roofing and like, you know, painting, like yep. now you're home. So a lot of home, home improvement projects got done and a lot of companies were able to take advantage of that and grow to where they are today. Yeah. The, the, the construction side, I mean, it was, it was extremely busy when people were, you know, when they were open to letting you into the home, it was just like, hey, we're not going on these expensive vacations. So we have an extra 20 grand to put out. We have, right. a, you know, this one's doing this in their backyard and they're doing an oasis. Like, yeah. I remember my one buddy, he he put 250 grand to his backyard, a pool, like rocks, lagoons. Those are some this, big koi fish he must have. <laughs> you know, he, yeah, right. Yeah. So, but he, I mean, he's loving it now, but yeah. like the, you know, those are, those are the things that did happen. I, I don't think it, it didn't really halt much of like, uh, like our industry from the construction and development side, but you know, like there obviously other industries got 
you know, it also made a by. lot of really good drinkers too, right? Because like that, I think that's all you could do during COVID sure. was like drinking. I was a, I was an and then drinking drinker. Zoom parties and all that stuff. So yeah, everyone put on 15, 20 pounds. Exactly. Still, still trying to like I mean I'm trying to work it off still. Yeah, aren't we all right? <laughs> so another thing. So as you guys have built these businesses, right? Projects, development. Have, have you felt in business that you've reached points where you had to you know push through a ceiling, and you know whether it's revenue ceiling or like just challenges of, of, you know, getting people into the right places on your team. Like, have you felt any ceilings that you like pushed through and you're like, oh, now I have more time to, to do, to grow more things, right? Can, can you talk a little bit about sure. any of those instances? Yeah, and, and it, it probably ties in together. Like, so when I first started out, I, I graduated from college. I went to a, like a bigger, like larger builder, like a Toll Brothers, it was Ryan Holmes and yep. it, was, it was in South Jersey. Every single day was, a, it was like 10, 12, 14, 16 hours. You know, how many homes could I crunch and, and get in for this quarter? Were they paying me well out of college and I was getting bonuses? Sure. Like, was it fulfilling somewhat because I was learning at the, from the construction phase, making good money as a young kid coming out of college. And then the market crashed, you know made it through eight, nine, 10, you know, then 11 came around and they started just chopping people because it, it, it really wasn't turning as, mm -hmm. as, as they thought. And then I went off, thought I wanted to stay in this somewhat semi-corporate world and whatnot and, and went to this, you know, BS job and basically went in the one day and fired myself. I was like, I can't be doing this anymore. <laughs> And then I just, it, it was in a, it was in a recession. I just started the construction business and it was just like, this is what I like doing. But you know, where I see fulfillment and, and like that push through was, was working hand in, you know, like blood, sweat, tears pouring it into this business. But, but then years down the road, as I started building the business relationships, people mm -hmm. building different things, and then, you know, making good money from fixing a house up and selling it and making a, a great return for it yeah. where it's self-fulfilling, where I could say, Hey, this was my, this was my work, not corporate work. Right. So that was the fulfilling part for me. And then finally being able to find that person who replaces me so that I can have them out in the field doing the things that I'm doing, you know, whether it's estimates, meeting with people, talking to, you know, doing this, running the jobs. And then, so finding that point, which, which turns me into them being able to do different things, you know, Tony and I talk about all different types of things, whether if we want to just invest in it, whether we want to just, you know, like do a develop another development project somewhere. So that's kind of like where my fulfillment came from was being able to, you know, one financially be successful, but also being accountable for my own projects and, and pushing through and, and, and getting that team so that I can be replaced. And I think like for me, like pushing through is at the point probably right now, like I feel like, right now is like a realignment because COVID's hopefully over now and it's sort of like people are coming back to work and it, now it's like- COVID's still like, businesses are still dealing with mm -hmm. effects from COVID. People don't think so, but they are. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Yeah, I'm just saying like it's it's three years yeah. in the COVID now. So like, you know how to cope with it. Mm -hmm. So like it's a lot of companies- anymore, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, you know, a lot of companies might've just made like a mandate of like, you can work from home and that's fine. But like- Zoom just announced that they're bringing everybody back. There you go. Like a lot of companies have to do that. And I, I feel like you have to go back to work. Like if you look at, you know, the city of Philadelphia, for instance, if you want to do a major project anywhere in a city, 
around 90%. I don't know if it's actually factual, but it's really close. Like 90% of the revenue comes from downtown Philadelphia. You don't have people mm -hmm. going down there, driving revenue. You can't do too much. So eventually you got to have people back there or, or figure out a way to do it. But I feel like for me, like in business right now, it's sort of like we just were running really quick through COVID and there was always like a lot of excuses when this guy didn't show up and mm -hmm. that guy didn't show up. Like you can't use them anymore. So now it's sort of like a fresh start. And I feel like if you could do that every few years and just put some processes in place and get a little bit better than you mm -hmm. did last year, I think that will, you know, turn into more success. You, so. Obviously you too. How many, how many employees do you think you have across all your business units? Oh, a lot. We, I mean, my home care company alone has quite a few, yep. um, you know, we have caregivers and uh, a few thousand that, so that, between the two of you, you're thousands of employees. Thousands, yeah. yeah, over 4,000. How, how have you dealt then with the morale with your staff through, through COVID and through all of these different, like, and obviously I, I know I deal with it, but I don't have thousands. I have tens of in my one business and, you know, 60 in my, one of my seasonal businesses. But how do you deal with the morale of like this, the, the COVID? And I think that? a lot of it, again, is just like learning how to deal with people, coaching people up, like telling them, you know, like, you know, like outlining scenarios, doing those types of things, like like almost being like a coach to to different types of people because everybody's everybody's mindset, everybody's characters are different. So it's like, how do you relate to that person? Like the and you know, like again, like I'm I'm very big on sports and everything, and you know, like my kids do it. It's 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 always trying to coach that person up to succeed, whether it's sports, business going to church, whatever it is, you know, redirecting them to, to make sure that they're focused on the important things so that they can succeed mm -hmm. because, because if they succeed, you succeed. Exactly. I think just being transparent with people too, like what you really think, you know, it's like, uh, being transparent with them on the way you think that your business should run better and mm -hmm. being open with them and communicating. Um, cause you know, you're right. I mean, you deal with so many different people, you have different opinions, so you don't have to, take the uh, chameleon approach, but sometimes you may have to. Yeah, it, was, it was, it was definitely, uh, definitely interesting because you had some people that, you know, wanted to be back in the office. Some people that didn't want to be back in the office. And I think you know, to your point now, three years out, like everyone's coming back. And, you know, I think one thing we saw, you know, cult culture is huge in any business I build, just like the culture of the team, how everyone interacts. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we were playing, actually we're in the, like architecture firm, we're in an architecture league, softball. and what was interesting, the team, we were playing a team recently that all works remote at another firm. They're still remote. And you could There's see- There's no camaraderie. You could see yeah. that zero, there was literally zero camaraderie between them because they're all yeah. barely ever saw each other. It's all a over screen, Zoom, mouse, sit behind yeah. a screen or talking. Then there was our team that's in the office five days a week, working together. Yeah. Like literally, yeah. and you could literally see the difference. You're like- like how do you how do you win with that level of of culture and morale versus it's like right. it was like these people go to war together and it was like you might not want to even go food shopping together with right, these right. Like, you know and that was like it was eye opening this was just recent this was like five weeks ago and I'm mm -hmm. like like you guys all worked together? oh yeah we worked together it was yeah. wasn't even like they wanted to work together it was just weird but I think. COVID and, you know, the workplace kind of culture, it, it, it got killed even oh, internally. Yeah, we, yep. we were dealing with it. It took us like a year to kind of get it back. We even after, even, you know, as good as ours was and is today, it took time to get that back. And I feel like some of these businesses now where 
those cultures didn't really exist to begin with. And now they're even there or less. They're having trouble retaining mm-hmm. and hiring new people right. in this in this market. Yeah. Well, that's that's you know, we were talking about it just yesterday is is like we're in an interesting world where like everything is kind of different, you know, like politics, religion, you name it. Like it's 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 crazy, you know, and then we even talked about like we couldn't even imagine with everybody was stuck at home. If you were like single trying to date in this day, in this day and age, like it's just, it's, it's weird. So like, it's encouraging to see that people are starting, you know, to come out of their shells, really, really like kind of hopefully dive back in because it's an interesting world that we have out there now. And and we're restarting society, you know, right. It's it's kind of wild. Well, they, you know, I (laughs) I think it was as planned. So I don't think we'll go into that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we cater to all genres of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other, uh, one of the other questions I want to ask you guys, um, part of what I'm doing on this podcast is now for the season two, I want to ask every person that's on the show how they made their first hundred grand in business. Mm-hmm. And like hundred grand is just, a, a, a you know, revenue, but it could be like, Oh, this is when I got my first deal. Like, like, you know, Tony, you said you flipped your first house. Like it might not have been a hundred grand, but like, was there an instance where you realized like, Wow, like I'm in business. Like, wow, I did this myself this year without a W two salary. Like, like, is there an instance that you can remember? Yeah, actually, flipping a house. I was just starting to tell Joel's story upstairs. Um, I would always say when I had this corporate job, I want to get involved in real estate. I would always say, I want to. And a friend of mine who's a realtor, um, said to me, called me one day. He said, "Dude, if you really want to get involved in real estate, I got the deal." <laughs> sure. Said, grab your wife and yeah. uh, meet me in Chinatown tomorrow. We'll grab a lunch and talk about it. So I called my wife and she's very supportive. Um, we met him for lunch and uh, it was a it was a deal in Fishtown. It was like my first house for seventy thousand. I put thirty into it and I'm selling it for two fifty. Okay. So, Walked with just about a clean hundred k after holding plus and uh, and yeah. then just parlayed that into the next deal that parlayed into probably even a better return. And then just kept on going from there. Yep. So, yeah, that was the first 100K in real estate. Nice. Yeah. Mine's very similar, um, but I do have two sides of the story where I made 100 grand and, and then. Turned. I never heard him talk this much. I'm going to put a fucking <laughs> microphone in front of him more so because this dude can go with a microphone in front of him. I love it. I might just walk around with one. <laughs> but no, so the, don't ask him to plug it in though or anything. No, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I, I used to have a, a buddy who used to just walk around with like a piece of meat or something like that and go to parties and like pretend like he was like interviewing people and things. Dude was, dude was genius. That's wrestling, right? Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so my. Uh, my first hundred grand was again real estate related. You know, same same type of type of type of concept. It was bought the house for very cheap. Mm-hmm. It was one seventy five, and then dumped money into it, and then on the back end turned it. You know, and obviously into a in, into a hundred grand or more mm-hmm. of um you know of uh on the on the out sale of it. But the 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 one one of the one of the main you know one of the 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 one story that I that I attribute that you know like that pushed me kind of towards you know being persevering you know persevering through like hard times and making money and everything was when I first started out in business on the construction side I I did a um um it was an insurance job somebody it it, it came through an insurance adjuster that I that I met you know through acquaintances and he said this is a very large job I was still like very small time. 
thought that I could take all this stuff all at once and just say, Hey, you know, like all my eggs are in this basket. Mm-hmm. I was doing like smaller jobs, things like this. This was like half a million dollar job. Yeah. Right. So all my eggs are in this basket. We go through the project. I didn't, I wasn't too savvy on insurance jobs and everything that the, that the adjuster got his cut. The city had to hold, um, you know, they, they had to hold a, uh, a portion of yep. the amount of it. And then when, when it was finally finished, you had, you then went to the city, they let, they released and everything like that. So being young in, in the business world, I, you know, I just thought, Hey, listen, I'll set up a contract and I'll, and I'll do it in like quarterly draws. Right. So I did first quarter, second quarter, you know, as, as we were going through like the, you know, the finishing the project out, we get to the end and by the end of the project, I, I, everything, I, you know, everything that I've already accumulated in my business, I started pouring in this because I was paying for materials, labor, everything. I would have netted walking away with it from the project at like $92,000. And I go to the, to the people with the final bill and I said, here's the final bill, you know, just wet behind the ears and everything and said, you know, I'm waiting for my check. And then the person said that I'm, I'm going to die in this house. I'm never going to pay you. I don't have the money. Yep. So that was the first time that I lost a, close to a hundred grand, but then, you know, put a lien on the house, went back to it. And I said, Hey, listen, you know, eventually, eventually it'll come around. So you're going to die and I'm going to get my money, but it's a, but it's a, it's a, yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a learning, it's a learning experience yeah. from there. So, which, which I could have done a lot of different that. things, but look back at it and I said, you know what? Hey, persevere through and then and keep pushing my, my favorite are the liens because i for the for the listeners that don't know so in the city if you do work on a contracted base or a homeowner or someone and they don't you know end up paying you could put you know a lien on the property mm-hmm. my favorite are the calls you get like yep. four years later it's like hi i'm sally with so-and-so title company yeah. uh i noticed you have a lien on this property uh please send me a payoff statement yep and I go, Sally, can you just confirm with me that date? Uh, run it at the seven percent interest a year that yeah. the and city then, allows. Send them a payoff. Those are my favorite checks. Yep, it's yeah, right. by far. But it, it, you know, it happens. And even if you don't renew the lien, like they say, you have to renew yeah. it every two years. Every two that's, years, it's bullshit. Yep, they'll still they don't want to deal with it because if they don't pay, they can still be tied up in litigations. Most of the time, they'll just pay off yep. the lien regardless of that. Yeah, uh, but it's a, it's a real thing. You don't pay your contract, you, you they're going to get paid somehow. It's just a matter Eventually. of when. Yeah. with interest too. Mm-hmm. So it's like the ultimate CD, I feel like. Yeah. 7% a year guaranteed yep. until, uh, until it trades. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you, you know, then, then you can look at it on the other end of the, you know, the investment side where it's like if you would have had that money, you would have been able to make possibly five exit or whatever it is. But, you know, the, again, it's a, it's, it's a, it was a learn, early learning experience that, you know, I remember sitting, you know, it was three days before Christmas. We just moved into a house in Fishtown, the house that I met him at. And I sat there thinking to myself, like, like, how the hell am I going to get gifts for my kids? And I poured everything into this. I got like all damn up. near nothing left. And then, you know, again, here we are, you know, in a, years down the road, it was just, it was a learning experience, got through it and, you know, just keep persevering through. I, I think um, maybe we can chat on a couple more of these uh, topics, but everyone thinks like entrepreneurship or like running a business, like, oh, we're just going to grow it. Like they look at yeah. guys like you and they're like, wow, these guys are building homes down to short, doing all these cool projects. Like they must be so lucky, right? Mm-hmm. People think it's a straight path up, but it's it's up, it's four down, two up, another four down, 10 Backwards. up. Like, yeah. yeah, like can you talk about, you know, any, any, other highs you feel you've had, but also some of the lows that, that you've gone through in building your businesses. 
some of the highs, I think we just sold another property last week. I'm sure, mm -hmm. that was nice. You know, yeah. It's always nice to get a really nice check. Yep. That was a high. Those um, are those are always the highs. Yeah. The, pay, the, the payouts. But yeah. like going like thinking back on the project that wasn't too painful. Yep. So like, you know, you think back on okay, you can make money and there's like I don't ever want to say like stress free, but mm -hmm. like, you know, maybe not as much stress as making money where there's a lot of stress and that's not yep. as rewarding. So I feel like that it's a high. Um having the ability to work with Joel's a high for me because like, you know, as we became business partners we also became really close friends mm -hmm. and like you know like it's almost like thinking back of like school or like being a kid like where you talk to each other pretty much every day yo what are you doing you know like you know yep. with your family and like uh so like that's a high just building like relationships with really good people and working with them is a high mm -hmm. like for me like yeah. i like that more than anything because i feel like most people that are like-minded you'll if your ultimate goal is to make money you'll do that I mean, you'll do that. That's really not the hard part. The hard part is sort of managing the personalities of your partners because mm -hmm. we all don't have great days. Yeah. We all can't always get in contact with each other. We all can't like, so like just knowing that like who your partners are and respecting each other, like those are highs for me. Yep. Um, like you were saying earlier, like people think that, you know, he has this or he has that, he drives this or he drives like people. Like, I mean, I know for myself and, um, you know, fortunately my youngest son is 20 so i don't have to like run to the, to the fields anymore or anything mm -hmm. but like my saturday mornings i'm out like looking at work yep. i'm behind my computer even though i said i'm not too tech savvy <laughs> behind my computer looking at spreadsheets like looking at forecasting on numbers on projects we're working on and stuff like that so it's like and i'm out there in the field and he's out there in the field but like for me i'm at a point in my life where that's more enjoyable yep. for me where he's at a point in his life joel's a little younger that it's more enjoyable for him maybe to be on the baseball field right mm -hmm. now so right. Those are the highs for me. Talk a little bit about your guys' routines. Being successful, right? You, you know, there's a there's a book by Tim Ferriss, Tools of the Titans. And mm -hmm. in that book, you know, he interviews, essentially goes around to some of the most influential people on this planet and goes, why are you most successful? And a lot of times that essentially comes down to their routines every day. Like, can you guys give a little insight to like yeah, when your morning start and when your days end to, for people so they can hopefully say they're not too different from you, but they hopefully will see the slight differences what allow you to be it's, successful as you guys are. Yeah. So it's very similar and it's, and it more, it might be more kind of spread out. Like, like the, the more you have your hands in different things, like the, the tougher it becomes to be just a daily thing. Right. So like my day starts out, I work out in the morning, then I get the kids ready, you know, to get to camp, school, whatever it is, see them off, do whatever, and then kind of start my day, you know, doing whether if it's if we're meeting up and we're working on stuff or I'm working on different stuff, you know, with from on, on the construction side or, you know, whatever hat I'm wearing at that day, go, doing that, then, you know, going back, transitioning back to like your everyday life, you know, with your being as a, being a parent, uh, you know, like being a husband, that type of thing, picking up kids from school, whatever it is. And then like I have tonight, I have soccer practice for it. I've never played a uh, game of soccer in my life, but I'm a coach. <laughs> and again, and I, did you I, pick up the cones? Do you have the orange cones? Absolutely. I got go? cones. I got, I got the shirt, I got the whistle <laughs> clipboard, but again, like it, it's, it falls into a, a similar routine every single day. And you know, like the, the ultimate goal is, is, for me, you know, it, it's always been how how do I find different ways that I can provide best for my family and the people around me that I care the most about, and that's really it. And and I structure it around that. You know, 
you're going to have highs, lows, and great days and shitty days, of course. But, you know, it's, it's the same kind of structure every single day. Go in, you know, wake up, work out, take care of my family, so, do business. So it sounds like, you know, you, you do have, you know, because... Because with all the seven, I'm the same way. Like, there's days where it's like you're not sure what's going to happen between these hours. But yeah. it sounds like you have a couple things where it's like, hey, in the morning, every morning, I hit the gym or I yeah. work out at my yeah. house, whatever it is. Yep. Ride Peloton with Kendall, like whatever you do. Yeah. No judgment, right? No. And Mine's, then, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, who's the um, what's the one girl's name? Oh, you do the Peloton. Yeah, I nailed it. Yeah, you yeah. nailed oh, it. Nice. Yeah, you know, no, I do the I do the. I do the uh, um, I do the Peloton. I do. I you know, yeah. I run. I run in the mornings. Yeah. And I do like calisthenics and stuff like that. Yeah. But that's, but you do it consistently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you miss a day ever? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, would you say maybe three, four days a week? You're doing three, four that? days a week. Yeah, yeah that's a out. lot more than most. Yeah, it's three or four more than me. So <laughs> he just yeah. picked up a driving hat today. Yeah, he, yeah. Picked up. I, I bought a running hat, but I said I don't run, so I use it for driving. So <laughs> what about you? Hat. What about you, Tony? What's, my routines. Sort of the same as Joel. My wife and I get up every morning around the same time. We have dogs. We let, you know, more so my wife will let the dogs out. Um, I'll go up and make coffee. Same thing every morning. And right at like 6.30, I hop on my computer and I look at what I have that day. And I look, now what I've been doing is looking at like what I have that day and then tomorrow to try and see what I can hop on right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like the first half hour, 45 minutes is my time. And like that's just like for myself, not to call like any of my business partners or friends. And then after that, I'll call Joel, yo, dude, what are you doing? You know, cause I already know his routine. Like he's, the kids are just getting dropped off at school and yep. it was driving to Loudon. And now like next week it'll be driving to the next project. Yep. All right. So, so I'm, I'm a listener, right? And I just heard you guys say, look, I get up, I, I drink coffee too. I should, I have a Peloton. Mm-hmm. Well, why can't I run my own multi-million dollar business? What, what, what is it that you guys have that people need to, like, like, there's a book, it's called uh, The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. They say there's only three people on this planet in business. It's the employee, the manager, and the entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Well, there's the word, entrepreneur. Right, but how do, what is it that you guys have that allows you to then just start executing at a highest levels that where, like, someone that doesn't have a business can't just wake up tomorrow, drink a cup of coffee, and get right to it? So let me run with this one first, yeah. that's cool. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. for me, like, I have... Uh, you know, Joel's my partner in the construction. I have a partner, Greg and Jimmy and Rufin. I have a partner, Mike and Joe and Kevin in, in um, my home care. So like I can go on, but like, I look at like, I'm also responsible for the employees. Mm-hmm. So like not only my partners and their families, because what I bring to that table is going to be the success for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so like for me, it's having that on my like back. Cause I've always worked at a day job that, it didn't matter if I went to work or not or whatever. Like Comcast's checks were always cool. They were yep. always clear. And like, you know, when you have to fend for not yourself, but everyone else, it sort of gives me that drive. And I came up from nothing. I didn't go to high school. I didn't go to college. I worked my ass off. It, it's like, so you're saying it's like, it's like a level of uh, responsibility. Accountability. Kind of, like we're insecurity. Like you like, mentioned you have thousands of employees, right? And then you take every one of them and you look at their inner circle of four to six people. So every day you have 12 to 15,000 people that rely on you. Yeah. Never really thought about it that way, but yeah, like, yeah. So wild. like, it's wild to think about when you, when, yeah, when you, it's like, so you can't fuck up, right? Like, right. You, yeah. like you get up every day, you're like, yeah, well, I got minimally do fuck up. Yeah. 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 And, and, and to like, uh, to speak further on that, it like Tony touched on it. It's like accountability, waking up every day, knowing that you have to take care of, 
of the people around you, the, your family, business, everything, you know, and then putting yourself out there, being the leader, being the one who just knows that if at any, any moment, any time that you, you could take everything on your back and push through. And, and I relate a lot of that back to my, my, you know, growing up in this, in, in sports and, you know, I wrestled, I was out there by myself every single match. I didn't worry about, so there wasn't somebody trying to, you know, like back me up or anything. It was just one-on-one and that was it. So that's, I guess the next part, like, you think you can train to do what you guys do? You think it's like, I can go to college and get a degree in entrepreneurship and come out and I can be Tony and Joel and start. For me, I think it's your circle. It's who you surround yourself with. What you're saying, your net worth is what? Your your net worth. Yeah. Yeah. Your net worth. Net worth is your net worth. Yeah. Yeah, Like that old saying, it's like, it's, it's somewhat true, but I feel like it's the circle that you surround yourself with. Like, I don't know if entrepreneurs are actually born or made, like no one really knows that the chicken or the egg. Yeah. It's almost like you, you know, for me, I feel like, like when I'm around someone like yourself, another entrepreneur, you know, seeing what you created, it's like, you know, you inspire people and like, you know, being part of your company makes me like maybe even subconsciously, but like it makes me work harder or smarter, you know, so, Mm -hmm. um, being around like minded people. Yeah. So keep your circle closer. Like is that, you yeah. know, so it's literally the people you put around you every day or helping it's your you. team. I yeah. say yeah. like, I'd team. rather have four quarters and a hundred pennies. Mm-hmm. So like, I would rather surround myself as you get older with like four really good people than like a hundred, like There's, who's that guy that Lemmings. you see him. Yeah. And it's like, if it's too bad, give me two badass motherfuckers. We'll take over a country. Right. Like it's, yeah. that's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. Right. That's like all you it can, is. Yeah. And, and so many you know, small analogies you can, you can, say the same thing it's yeah. like you like tony said surround yourself with the right people and and having that drive to push yourself to be the best or at, at what you want to be the best at and and the results will come so we're getting we're getting close to wrapping up we've got soccer practice here soon mm-hmm. coach first day of coaching I'm, I'm only assistant but it's, it's all right. second practice all right so but, but i will say he does have a world series under his belt for kids baseball that's what i was told really? Well, two. Of I them. was told one that. was in Fishtown, the other was is out near where I. I where can't I validate the second one, but I can definitely tell you about the first one. So it's awesome. Yeah. Now, I mean, again, I just I thrive on like I say, coaching people up and and trying to make them perform at their best. What Tony's talking about is he met with Larry uh, McKnight, who's who does uh, River Wards. You know, they they have the uh, River Wards Development Group, and. I coached his kid in the Fishtown Rec League mm-hmm. for the longest time. And we, we played on fields that were like yeah. beer bottle ridden gla- with glass and everything. But if you I could mean, play on that, you definitely play on a nice but kids that Larry did validate that kids that couldn't coach. even, they couldn't even tie their shoes coming in. But like, again, just like getting those kids together, like really building them up, making them believe that they could be the best. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it didn't matter. Like, you know, just putting those kids together, building them up and then just you know coaching them to be the best that and then we went in and we we won a uh a inter, a championship. Inter, inter city championship but you're tying back into what you're saying is like tying back into a question you you asked earlier it just comes down to routine man right like you said that earlier like you said these kids didn't know how to tie their shoes and yeah. eventually you teach them how to tie their yeah. shoes they show up for practice shoes. at the same time yep. they're there right. they wear so the uniform like, where the word accountability comes yeah. in and and you know it's just the those little things, it's it, it's not hard. It's not you don't need to go to college. You don't you don't need to be you know Tony didn't even he didn't even go to high school, my man. You know so you don't need to be 
super, you know, educated and yep. things. It's 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 small little things that helps you push push yourself to be a better person, entrepreneur, family member, you know, friend, that type of thing. So to, so to close out, I need I need like a one or two liner from each one of you. So what I always ask on the way out of these is something new, like not not necessarily your network is your net worth. Like yes, that's important. You can read that in a lot of books, and a lot of people know oh, that man. saying. But if you if you were Pretend like you're not coaching Little League or soccer right mm -hmm. now. You're talking to somebody that's in their second year of college and doesn't know what they want to do as a major. What, what type of advice would you give them right so, now? Like to, to I, I'm just in here thinking as you're talking, it's like it's not like a matter of like a matter of like if you have it. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of like if you want it. Mm -hmm. So like if you know like you want something, you'll get it because no one knows if they have it or not. Like it's a matter of if you want it and you can get it. Do you believe in the like the the Positive thinking, like, uh, yeah, like literally, like you can literally almost will it to reality. Um, yeah, I do. I do believe that. I believe that because that's sort of like how I got to where I am. I do too. I, um, I agree. You know, I think that really believe that yeah. the mind is this, you know, is the strongest part of your body. You mm -hmm. know, like if you put your mind to anything, mm -hmm. you can overcome anything. So, yep. yeah, I mean, I, I would say, you know, again, like just. To the guy who's, you know, this second year in college, like, like I said, I went to my son's entrepreneurial class. I mm -hmm. said, you don't need to go to college. You don't need to really go to school. But, like, finding that thing that you love that you can, like, grasp onto and, and, and kind of run with and, mm -hmm. and be the best at, you know, from a performance standpoint, that's how you're going to So yours would succeed. be passion, right? You got to yeah, find, of course. you have to find, find passion, passion in yes. what, whatever it is you want to do. And if you don't know, you just keep. Turn all yeah, the stones because and I, figure it out. You know, like as an entrepreneur, I could wake up tomorrow and say, hey, I want to open a, a pizza shop. Yeah. You know, and then and and find out if that's my passion at that time. But like right now, what I do right in, in this current state is construction development and anything related with within that that world. That's what I'm passionate about. That's what I'm doing. You know, and it can like I said, it could change overnight. I could yeah. I could want to be the best surfer in the world, you know, tomorrow and and try surfing but i'd fail <laughs> i don't know joe you're pretty good at pretty much i got good balance so, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah well guys i uh just want to say thank you i appreciate your time today um inspiring mm -hmm. and also i think highly educational for people that you know are thinking about starting a business just or even in real estate just thinking about wanting to do a deal just what it takes and you know some of the recaps are just you know that comes to mind for me surrounding yourself with the right people mm -hmm. you know the positive mindset the finding passion in what you're doing and also going through the bullshit it's going to happen whether it's covid a deal goes bad someone doesn't want to pay for their roof for their project yeah. right like yeah. you know it, it's you, you have to just keep kind of pushing and, and stay positive and knowing that at the end of the day you're, you know you're going to get there absolutely yeah any hey. last any last parting words from you guys no i think i mean thanks for having us and you're and you're welcome and love to get back on, you know, give you updates later on as Absolutely. things keep going through. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just, you know, our, our stories are going to be different than everybody else's mm -hmm. stories. And, and, you know, like my, my, you know, what I can put out is different and saying what Tony can put out mm -hmm. as a, you know, from an entrepreneurial or business standpoint. So like, you know, just keep, uh, keep pushing through things and, and finding, finding that right fit for whatever that you get yourself into. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. Thank you.